the feast of Passover, passing over from time to eternity, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. The feast of Passover is most often thought of in connection with freedom. For the Hebrew, Passover means exodus. For the Christian, the cross. For the eighth-day child of God, however, it is both of those, plus a whole new era filled with many wonderful changes. Each experienced Passover revealed truth that set mankind more and more free of all that has had him bound since the first Passover. You see, the very first Passover experienced by man was negative and responsible for everything evil that plagues mankind today, including death. Eve was deceived or tricked, but Adam rebelliously and consciously chose to eat the fruit of the mind of God's arch-enemy. Turning their backs on the law of God and His knowledge, they feasted on Satan's lies and self-exalting philosophy, resulting in a catastrophic change for themselves and all that are their descendants. They passed over from eternity to time, from God's kingdom to this realm, from the household of God to the family tree of Satan, the tree of good and evil. The Creator said plainly, Do not eat nor touch this tree. But they disobeyed, resulting in sin, ending in corruption and death. Their eyes of understanding and discernment closed. They could no longer physically see God's kingdom. Their minds were disconnected from God, and Satan now had free access to them. Their carnal eyes opened. They now saw the world of Satan, a place where lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life was the force behind everything they wanted to do. They were consequently banned from their garden home and cursed for what they had done. As they passed over from the kingdom of God to this realm, a free reign was given to humanity to see if they could exist without God's protective law and guiding knowledge. Satan, too, was given time, allowed to see if he could fulfill his challenge to be like his Creator, be like God. With Satan's knowledge seeded into their minds, their natures changed, their desires changed. Sin was now a part of their lives, resulting in death and corruption. They became children of Satan, children of wrath, children of lawlessness, and no longer did they reflect the image of God. With the influence of Satan in their lives, it is really no surprise that they allowed the angels that had rebelled along with him to crossbreed or mate with them, as we see in Genesis 6, produced an altered race of people no longer after its original kind. In other words, they became a different order, a different species than God originally created man to be. They passed over from perfection to corruption, from life to death. A society evolved through these altered ones, guided by lawless angels based on their desires, 
not God's. The angels taught them about the different metals and how to work them, making weapons to fight with and protective armor for now murder, anger, and rage were a part of their lives. They taught about plants and how to use them for cures, for sickness and pain was the result of their rebellion. Astrology was taught to seek supernatural help, but from the wrong source. They showed them how to make jewelry, even taught them to wear makeup. Bottom line, the knowledge of Satan and of that of the angels he led is the foundation of this world. Is it any wonder, Scripture tells us, to be friends of the world is to be at enmity with God? So we can plainly see the first Passover was not a good one and had an earth-wide effect. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2, the Lord says, These are my holy convocations, these are my feasts, and he lists them. Passover, of course, is among them. The food served at these feasts is not food for the body, but food to renew our corrupted minds. Fresh manna is released for the people of God and is relevant to their time. It is actually a part of the plan of God for man's restoration that becomes apparent or revealed for that era. To walk in that plan, according to truth, causes the people of God to change and move ahead. Thankfully, God does have a plan, and there is a final change, an earth-wide reversal coming. It's the dawning of a new day. In fact, a whole new cycle in man's history has started. A thousand years is as a day to God. So in His timing, we are now in the morning of the eighth day since He created us. The number eight, symbolic of new beginnings, in itself tells us it is time for change. For this change to be for the better, however, for us to pass over from Satan's world back into God's kingdom, do you agree we must reverse things from where the problem first originated? As Adam and Eve chose to attend Satan's feast, and dine on the fruit of his mind. We must dine at the Lord's table and rest in the word of God. Already, there are major differences being experienced. If you have read any of the blasts in the last few months, you are well aware that the Lord is setting us free of Satan's thinking through release of his knowledge, perhaps the very knowledge Daniel was told to seal up until the end days. Truth is freeing us of the veil of deception that has covered our minds all these thousands of years, clouding our spiritual vision and stopping up our spiritual ears. The study of this knowledge has resulted in an ever-growing decline of interest within the traditional church, however. People that love God and truth are beginning to question the world's churches concerning doctrines, the morals of their leadership, and the carnal guidance being offered. Because of the hypocrisy and sin that exists within the confines of the world's religions, many have been completely turned off to God. The very nature of Satan 
has found its way into what is to be holy and sanctified, and so a great falling away from the churches built on the world's knowledge is being experienced. This, too, is a sign of the end. I don't know about you, the reader, but I am ready for change. I want all the Lord has for his people. No sickness or pain. Not even death has any place in God's kingdom. And scripture tells us it is the Father's great pleasure to give us back that kingdom. The promises of God are ours, backed and guaranteed through a blood covenant made by the Lord himself. These covenants are mine, ours, yours, if we become the new species. They are not for the altered race. Passover, you see, is already beginning to happen, and man is on the move. The dungeon of our own minds, where Satan has dwelt unchallenged all these years, is now opened, and mankind is running at last, straight into the freedom of the new day, the eighth day, as precisely calculated and planned by God. We are leaving the enemy behind, as well along with the thoughts he has previously planted in our minds, to separate us from our Father. We are severing off the giants that has had us bound to their will, and are instead establishing the kingdom of God. All of this was conceived in the mind of God before he rested from creating the universe. So to be a part of this restoration, we must enter into that rest. We can only become a part of his plan by eating from his table, taking in his knowledge, and allowing ourselves to be guided by the word. We gain our freedom by dying to our altered self in baptism and resurrecting a new creature. But, by closing our minds to the world's thinking and meditating on the Lord's knowledge, we are not only born again, but matured and transformed into a completely new species. The new creature is metamorphic in nature, you see, and when the new species is complete, dressed fully in their spiritual clothes, All creation will leave the enemy in the dust and will pass over into the new day. Mankind, as the original children of God, was given dominion over creation, so all that happened to man happened to them as well. So now, as we are set free, creation is free to the enemy as well. We are all a part of the whole perfectly formulated by God as to where we fit in relation to one another. For there to be harmony on this planet, as in the beginning, we must adjust to the plan that God has for each individual. As man enters his rest and takes their predestined place in God's plan, Satan's challenge is defeated. The war is over. All of those tucked into God's perfect plan will be restored renewed, and protected. Can you see how it is imperative we give up our plans and agendas that we cultivated in the world? With them, we cannot enter the rest of God to experience His plan. 
nothing of the world will ever fit, because no part of it is of him. In fact, it is their end. So understand, it is mankind's adherence to God's plan that guarantees victory. It is his plan of redemption, or jubilee, that sets us free of Satan's fantasy world. All God has spoken will be. His word does not come back void. All his promises are quite safe within his rest. All we have to do is enter this rest by submitting to his plan. Sounds too easy? Scripture tells us childlike ones will inherit the kingdom. So really, it is easy. The gap is widening quickly between the seventh-day person and the child of the eighth day, however, and the difference is quite apparent. The anointing of God that raged as fire on the truth revealed during the seventh day is today but a flicker, and a spiritual darkness is setting in. Unless man is open to the end-time knowledge of God, they will become hard, dry, and unable to change. Lack of the eighth-day oil, the anointing on God's word, will cause their understanding to darken, and their minds will become an easy target for the enemy to sabotage. Without the light of truth, man will wander off the narrow path and slip away from God's plan, be recaptured by the enemy, and revert right back to the original sin. It is therefore imperative we as individuals cease from seeking worldly knowledge from Satan's mind through his altered race and pass over to the mind of God and his knowledge as revealed through his new species. Mankind must also pass over from Satan's plan to that of God's and keep changing, ever moving forward as truth is released. Remember when old Israel was released from Egypt and the slavery of Pharaoh, symbolic of Satan, they were to enter the promised land, a foreshadow of God's kingdom, in a few days. But because of rebellion, fear, and complaining, they moved outside of God's plan, and it took 40 years with the majority not making it. Remember also from past study of the Feast of Passover, the word pero, pharaoh, divided into two words means bad mouth. So whose image are we in when we get angry, accuse, curse, and complain? Not fruit of the generation that will be found in God's kingdom. It's the fruit of Satan grown from his knowledge. So seeking God's mind, His knowledge, sets our mouths free. We also learned from past Passover feasts that slavery to the world systems is difficult work. The word for that work is parak. Again, broken into two words means loose mouth. So a prideful loose mouth, guided by Satan's knowledge, produces not only difficult works, but dead works. Because man has decided for themselves what they will do or not do, outside of God's rest, and set out in their own strength to make that happen, 
Satan scores again as Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 plainly tells us. Cursed is the man that does things in his own strength. Many times man's failure is blamed on God. The truth is God's knowledge draws us back into his will and plan where all is successful. This success is not just for us, but all of creation, as he brings mankind back to the original harmony. So victory is all about choosing God's knowledge. It transcends the systems of man, the world's religions, and all personal beliefs. God's word is a sovereign statement, an unquestionable fact, an indisputable wisdom, not open to conjecture. It is what it is. We may be Muslims, Catholics, Baptists, Buddhists, Atheists, whatever. It makes no difference. The knowledge of God stands above it all. There is no defense against it. God has spoken. This knowledge, as it feeds and nourishes humanity, will turn around the effects of the knowledge chosen by Adam and Eve, allowing the planet and all on it to pass over to its originally enjoyed state of perfection. Passover, three years ago, welcomed us to a new freedom. Father's plan for the restoration of his children was opened further to us, and we walked from his table a new species, a different kind, ones maturing to the order of Melchizedek and Christ's image. In his image entails being flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. He is the embodiment of the word of God, so our bodies must therefore be living specimens of his word or his knowledge as well. Our actions should be visual evidence of God. To be bone of his bone, we must be completely separated from the world, its systems, and people to stand inflexible, unmovable to the temptations it presents and be a firm, dependable part of the structure and framework of the body of Christ. So to fully pass over from the old species to the new, we must die to the traits we developed before baptism that are genetically passed down to us after the crossing of angels with our forefathers. We have to forget and overcome centuries of experienced wickedness indulged in by the Adamic race, our ancestors. And above all, we must learn to love. Only then can we pass over from the image of the man of clay, Adam, to the image of the spiritual man, Christ. Full of anger and hatred, driven by the spirit of inferiority, tempted by the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, Adam's children could not possibly love. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to see what love is. Therefore, the old species cannot succeed or prevail over the enemy. Those of Adam 
will never pass over from the world to God's kingdom in their hearts and minds, and so will remain a slave of time while the new species is ushered into eternity, experiencing the last Passover. You see, love is the sinew of the body of Christ, the force that dictates its actions. Without love, the body is lifeless, naked, without its spiritual clothes, lawless, out of harmony, and out of the order of the universe. There is no power for continual eternal life, as anger and hatred weaken, divide, soil and wrinkle spiritual clothes, confuse and finally destroy bringing death. Love brings life. Restoration and will eventually make the mortal man immortal when fully achieved. In closing, if interested in being personally restored and having an integral part in the restoration of our earth, please go back and read the series Enforcing Christ's Victory to Earth. This truth will hopefully prepare many to come to the Lord's table as truly His family, the born-again, children of the wind, spiritually fully clothed, His covenant kin, His portion, evidence of His victory over the enemy, ones transformed to His image of love, a new species. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 48 and 49 verse 51 and 54. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly, spiritually born again. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Our spirit man is born through the word, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, die, but we shall all be changed. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. We will pass over from time to eternity. Happy Feast of Passover, family!